Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. We are talking about health and emotional eating today. That's all something that we um, either maybe we undereat or overeat. So it'll be a fun conversation with Jessica Procini, my guest today. And um, before I bring Jess on, let me give you a little bit more background on on her. Um, so Jessica Procini is on a mission to help high-achieving women heal the roots of their emotional eating. When Overeaters Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous and therapy weren't enough to help her and her fight with food, she spent 10 years in research before developing her signature healing framework, Escape from Emotional Eating, uh, which has helped women reclaim their power over food. Uh, now that she's been 100% free from her compulsions with food for over five years, Jessica hopes female entrepreneurs and executives do the same at escapefromemotionaleating.com. Please welcome Jessica to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm very excited to dive into this. Um, before we do, I'm going to ask you a question. It's about food. And that's what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Um, well, I I feel like my favorite cookie is the classic chocolate chip, but I like peanut butter in the batter. So it's not, it's peanut butter chocolate chip, but it's not the peanut butter chips, if that makes sense. Yes, that does make sense. Um, and I would say my favorite cookie memory is growing up having, um, I think they were Chips Ahoy at the time that had the M&Ms in them. And basically just breaking all of the cookies just to be able to eat the M&Ms because they were my favorite part. <laughs> I love those. They're like the bite size and they always, they were always kind of breaking apart, but that, that was like the best part. I think they were Chips Ahoy. Pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know. They, I don't even know if they make them anymore. I would say as a kid, probably after those, then definitely classic Oreos and EL fudge were also oh, pretty yeah. common in my house. So yeah, I love cookies. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's nothing better. They're easy yeah. to make. They're easy to get on the go. I mean, mm -hmm. and now they make those bite size. So I think it's fun. I'm, I'm chocolate and peanut butter is all my thing. So I've actually mm -hmm. never thought about putting peanut butter in the batter without just making a peanut butter cookie. So I'm thinking that might work next time. I might try that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. So, and I felt kind of bad asking because of the overeating <laughs> background, but again, that's also, you've been past that. So tell me, uh, tell us a little more about your journey through the compulsions and, and overeating for you and your history. Well, I want to clarify that healing emotional eating doesn't mean that we don't eat cookies. It, <laughs> it's not a life of restriction. It's really a life of getting back in integrity with our body and ourselves and also our inner world. So a lot of people kind of associate healing emotional eating with 
I don't know, some kind of like restrictive diet. And it really isn't about that. Um, so I got into this work from many, many years of being an emotional eater and really being an emotional eater and not knowing it because I didn't have hundreds of pounds to lose. So I didn't fit into that stereotype and that assumption that if you have an issue with food, it means you're overweight because technically I wasn't overweight. Um, and it also really shocked me that I was an emotional eater because I had spent so many years in therapy um, and never once had someone kind of point out or make the connection that I was using food to cope or even help me get to the bottom of it. And the other piece that really shocked me about finding out I was an emotional eater is when I did find out I already had gone back to nutrition school, was already a certified health coach, had a very extensive background and expertise in health and wellness. And through all of that was not able to self-identify and make the connection that, oh, I have issues with food because I'm using food as a way to cope. So once I got over like the shock that I was in fact an emotional eater, then I started to try to find support that was right for me. And I already knew because I was already in the health and wellness field, I knew that I couldn't just like go with anything because I was different. I was already eating healthy and exercising regularly. So it wasn't going to be this formula of eat healthier and exercise more. Like I knew that the symptoms were showing up with food, but the issues didn't really have anything to do with food. Um, and I just really felt frustrated because I wasn't finding support that was right for me. So did you also see signs of, of emotions? Like sometimes you can find the signs maybe through lab tests, maybe your cholesterol was high and then you dive into that. Or was it more like, what was your source of emotional eating? Like, was it late night? Was it, uh, what was it like a go-to or were you over like maybe overly healthy because you were, maybe it was one of those instead of the junk that some will go to, it's more like you were obsessing more about the healthy stuff that you're putting in. It was it one of those. So my labs, my blood work, all of that um, was completely normal. So it never showed up. It was never a conversation that I had with my doctor again, because from the medical perspective, I was a health, healthy young woman. Um, my, and this is what is really challenging, especially for those of us who are high achievers and who really do strive for excellence and who know a lot about health and wellness is that we can kind of be in denial that what we're doing with food is actually holding us back. So for me, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, this is my thing because my emotional eating showed up all day long. It started in the morning when I started to feel anxious or overwhelmed. I noticed that I was um, like eating for two, basically, but I was having- What you reach for? 
So I would have like eggs and avocado toast, something that's considered healthy, but was overeating in that point because I didn't even really know what satiation was or what it looked like or what it felt like in my body. Oh, okay. So you weren't really hungry. You were eating just to feel like you needed to eat or pair it with somebody. Right. Yeah. So, and then it could show up if I was, you know, had to do something difficult during the day, I would eat as a way to kind of numb my anxiety about it. And then at the end of the day was when like things would really get out of control where I would just come in from work and just go right to the pantry Um, and then when I kind of would wake up from this food trance, I'd be like, oh, okay, now I have to make dinner, even though I'm not really hungry, but I have to make dinner. So these symptoms are really, I mean, saying them out loud are pretty subtle because what we often hear when it comes from, or we talk about emotional eating is like, oh, this person ate 10 bags of potato chips. And that wasn't my experience. Um, I could easily go through a whole bag of granola, but my emotional eating wasn't showing up in the very obvious or extreme ways that we often hear about. So for me personally, I, when I am emotional or stressed, I actually don't eat at all. I just don't have an appetite. And I actually... My parents can always tell, or my friends can tell like when I'm stressed because I'm just super thin and not like, and I, and I don't overwork out or I don't even have the energy to work out. I might not have worked out at all and I'm just losing weight and I'm losing muscle clearly, but we all know that that's the first to go, but it's, you can just totally, I'm just not hungry. And then my Mm -hmm. stomach hurts and I just get really like sick to my stomach when I'm super, super stressed. And some days I'll even go. And I'm so busy. I'll go to eat dinner. I'm like, is this my first meal today? Yeah. I, mean, I know better. I have a health and wellness background. I have a degree in, in, in kinesiology. Like I understand you're supposed to. And now that I'm working out again, I feel like my appetite's back. And so now I've been or more normal. And so my stress level has also come down. So I keep snacks in my office. So I can't like stop what I'm doing to get up to go which is also good. You want to like get up and walk around, Mm -hmm. but now I have a tread walker. You and I were discussing this before. I don't have to leave my office now to walk around. I could just walk and work. And so it's trying to find that balance to make sure that you're checking in with yourself, whether that be overeating or undereating, because that's also right. But it's also kind of emotion and stress. Yeah. So what overeating or emotional eating and emotionally not eating, which is what you're describing, what these two things have in common, even though they show up in our lives differently, is that whatever we're experiencing mentally and emotionally is causing a disconnect and a disassociation from our body. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is, um, particularly for people who who have these patterns and it's getting to a a dangerous or dire or a very like uncomfortable place is that they'll often have to wait until that external 
uh, trigger or intensity starts to die down before they can reconnect. And my work with my clients is really about in the midst of whatever is going on in your life, maintaining that connection to yourself. And not only maintaining that connection, but strengthening it and creating it so that it's not based on conditions, but it really is an unconditional connection. So if there's a listener that's listening and they're trying to determine if they fit in this category or they might have an inkling, what are some of the things that they could check in with themselves? And if they, you know, three out of five are checked or whatever is, or if there's any, you know, any of them, is it something that they should look into? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I would say, if anyone's listening and you've clicked on this episode, there's probably a part of you that has a sense that something is off in your relationship with food. Um, So a lot of times, like, again, emotional eating can show up in so many different ways. Some examples of it would be overeating. So that can show up as not even really knowing where your satiation levels are or feeling like you have to finish what's on your plate. Um, That's a big one. Um, Another one is when you're feeling stressed or anxious or scared or overwhelmed or just overstimulated, reaching for food to try to take the edge off. Um, And then what'll end up usually happening is feeling a lot of shame and guilt after they've overeaten or emotionally eaten. Um, So these are just some of the, some of the symptoms, but again, everyone's relationship with food is so different um, that it can, like, it's not as like clear cut. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's challenging um, about it is because like emotional eating is in this gray area between an extreme eating disorder and just, oh, you need to eat healthier. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, even though there may be people listening to this conversation and wondering if they fit into the category I also want us to be talking to the people who already know that they're in the category and they're feeling stuck about what to do with it or where to go from here. Because people can spend a long, long time in denial that they have deeper issues with food and they will try to spend a long, long time eating healthier and working out more. And if that's the, that's like anyone who's listening, if that is your experience where eating healthier and working out more is not putting you back at peace with food, then we need to talk. Sure. Cause that means there's something else going on, just like anything else, right? Just like if we're snippy or we are, you know, feeling a certain way, it's typically not the the stimulus that made you snap. It's something else that's deep down or you don't know, or maybe you do and you just don't want to talk about it, but also to make sure that you know that you're not alone. Um, right. Right. Because I don't come across a lot of people 
that don't eat when they're stressed. I come, I mean, it's more common that, that I'm aware of that you eat and eat and eat. I, and so when I say like, I don't eat, if I'm stressed, people are like, how did you not eat today? I'm like, I just, I'm so busy or I'm just whatever. And then I forget, or it'll catch up to me at the end of the day. And I'm like hangry and snippy and, and just like, right. And then it's like, it's a whole thing. And then it becomes very reactionary. And so I know this about myself. It's just now you have to create ways to do better. And if you can't create those for yourself, then we find someone like you that can help give us a plan because sometimes, and it's hard to say we have a problem. It's hard to talk to a stranger or even a friend about it. But that third party perspective is so game changer because they will give you some things you just won't see or you know but now you have a little bit more backup and reinforcement but that's something that right it's okay there's reasons why there's support and stuff so um yeah reaching out and especially talking to a professional like myself can really help you get the clarity that you need about okay is this something that you know, I need to move forward with and, and really focus on and transform. Um, because like I said, we can spend so long in denial that like our issues with food are fundamentally like wreaking havoc on our lives. So the women that I work with who are really operating at a very high level and striving for excellence they are clear that their emotional eating and using food as a way to cope with their stress and their busyness and their life, they are clear that it's holding them back from reaching higher levels of success. Mm -hmm. It's draining their energy. It's distracting them. It's disconnecting them from their creativity and their intuition. So these are some examples of of like the people that I work with and how it's showing up in their life. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I think that's amazing, especially we all are trying to strive to be the best. And so I think when you're high functioning or you're high and like just producing, nothing can go wrong. You have to have it to a T and then trying to slow it down. It's almost like, I don't have time for that. I'll put it off later. And then it becomes Mm -hmm. a bigger problem. Yeah. So really just get it while it's smaller. Cause then, you know, it's just like bigger it is, the harder it is to cover up or fix. Right. So, yeah. Um, do you, and you also said that uh, you have, you have like a, a quiz or something that someone can go on and kind of maybe see where they're at and get a good, a better idea. Yeah. So, one of the core pieces of my work and what makes my work different than a lot of emotional eating support that's out there is that we are really committed and focused to getting to the roots. So if anything that we're talking about is resonating with those who are listening, I invite you to go over to innerwork.me and take the clarity quiz. So this clarity quiz will help you identify which of the four roots of emotional eating is activated and driving your compulsive eating cycle. From there, depending on your results, Um, It'll give you a set of tools and beginning steps to start working with this route um, so that you can start transforming it. 
And as we were talking earlier about how eating healthier and working out more is not going to heal your emotional eating, taking this quiz and getting your hands on these resources is the next step. Absolutely. And all those um, links and, and things will be in the show notes. So you can go and check that out. And where else can we find you if they want to reach out to you and learn more? Yes, you can find me at escapefromemotionaleating.com. That's my home base. So you can reach out to me there. Perfect. And I really encourage the listeners to reach out to Jessica. And and um, if you think that this is something that's the problem or you want to explore it further, don't have any shame in it. I think she's probably heard lots and lots of stories. She's done it herself. And I mean, hey, I go the opposite way sometimes. So you know, it's more common than one would think. And so I encourage to, uh, to, to reach out and at least inform. I always say like knowledge is power and you get your, all your information and then you make your decision and if you'll be ready when you're ready. So, um, thank you for being here and shining some more light on it. I think, um, with the stigma of overeating, of like too much. Um, I think it's, it's important to also look at the other um, lens as well. So thank you. Yeah. For that. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you so much for being here. And um, thank you for listening to an episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. I encourage you to go and check out Jessica and all of her things. All the links are in the show notes, her website. And um, if you like this episode, let us know. And if you have questions, reach out to herself, uh, to her or me, and uh, we can connect you guys together. And <laughs> And uh, thanks again for listening and we'll uh, catch you on the next one, the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.